Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Live on ACN Track, welcome to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Peche. Another episode of Go Greyhounds here on SEN Track. Welcome, James and Callum. Welcome, Lex. Yes, good to be with you. And big news this week. Yes, we are welcoming another audience, a national audience to our show. We've been promoted. How exciting. <laughs> About time. Slaving away. Anyway, the good news is the rest of the country gets to hear us and not for half an hour, for an hour now. How good is that? Yeah, I know. Very exciting. Very good for the three of us to get to hear our voice for a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, get to spend more time in the studio with you, Lex. It's, uh, and Callum. And Callum too, of course. He has favourites, right. Callum. How do you feel? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not a good start for you. <laughs> Speaking of favourites, Winter Cup, a big weekend. Let's move into that. Yeah, indeed. Saturday night, uh, Cal, two heats of the Winter Cup last Saturday, obviously final this weekend. Uh, maybe we should go back and have a listen to what happened during those heats first, and then we'll discuss uh, what's coming up for the final. Catch the Thief goes off the back in 18-14. He's out by 10. Joker Poker, Kiss Me Linda, then followed by Buster the Brute, but into the home straight. Catch the Thief, the star on the rise. He goes on and takes out the first heat, wins by eight lengths on Joker Poker. Tommy Shelby went across and took the lead. One came down. Rollo Manelli fell to the outside. Black Signature goes to second. Then followed by Sir, uh, up on the outside, Cindy's Oliver, Sir Monty. Well back in the field, Grace Harley. Naughty gun off the back. Tommy Shelby leads by a long neck. In second place, Black Signature. Here comes Cindy's Oliver through the middle and then bumped around the corner. Tommy Shelby's in front. Cindy's Oliver coming quickly. But Tommy, Tommy's back and Tommy Shelby wins. All right, there we heard it. Catch the Thief continuing its impressive run over here in Western Australia. And the people's dog, Tommy Shelby, coming back uh, and winning once again. Both impressive runs as far as I'm concerned uh, for different reasons. Catch the Thief continuing on this dominant form absolutely blew them away. Uh, Tommy Shelby, on the other hand, impressive for a different reason. He had to do it tough. Fought to get to the lead, was pressured throughout and, and uh, had to dig deep towards the towards the end there. Obviously, time for Tommy Shelby, not as impressive as Catch the Thief, but uh, both Greyhounds winning and we've got the race we wanted, Callum, for, for the final on Saturday. Yeah, agree with what you said. Both wins are very impressive. Obviously, Catch the Thief, the out-and-out brilliance. Um, the dog is a genuine freak. He'll go back over over east and perform really well over there. He looks hard to beat in the final. And Tommy Shelby, um, I've said this before, you can't quantify uh, a dog's will to win, and that's Tommy Shelby in a nutshell. Uh, he uh, got to the front, uh, barged his way there and held on. There was a bit of joke on Twitter that Steve Withers called out Cindy Oliver's name on the home turn, which caused Cindy Oliver to go wide. But, um, yeah, Tommy Shelby has a knack of just holding on and finding a way and... Uh, it's always good when a dog has that. But so does Catch the Thief. So maybe they're becoming a bit of um, rivals, one as good as the other. Kind well, of there'll be a lot of talk about the rival here. And obviously uh, Tommy Shelby's drawn two near the fence, which he hasn't been in a while. He loves the fence and is good early. Catch the Thief's drawn three, probably where Catch the Thief wants to be. He'll stay straight. So it uh, sets up a bit like a bit of a speed star. So we'll see who the best dog is over here at the moment. And it should be exciting. The box draw. We always come back to the box draw, but we've discovered that it's not a big thing. 
Uh, in some instances it is, in some instances it isn't. You run through the field for us, actually, Lex. It, it's not just, I mean, the, the tension, of course, will be around Catch the Thief and Tommy Shelby, not just a two-dog race, though. No, absolutely not. So in one, we've got Sir Monty, two, Tommy Shelby, three, Catch the Thief, four, Cindy's Oliver, five, Sunset Milo, six, Grace Ali, or Ali? Ali, yeah. Ali, seven, Kiss Me Linda, eight, Joker Poker. It's a good field, isn't it? I mean, you take the two champs out of there, it's still a quality field across the across the boxes. Uh, very good. Sir Monty's nearly ran down Catch the Thief when he was on debut over here, so he's got abilities. Drawn where he wants to and won. Uh, can boot up early and would be a chance of homi- uh, holding out Tommy Shelby, which is a little concern for Tommy Shelby. Obviously, Tommy Shelby, uh, as I spoke about, the will to win, uh, will look to cross, is very quick and can ping out. Catch the Thief, uh, perfect box draw. Obviously, one that cuts uh, Tommy Shelby will cut hard on the rail. Uh, slow beginners in four, five, and six should give Cindy uh, should give Catch the Thief room to move, and seven and eight stay relatively straight. Joker Poker will stay wide on the track, so I think it steps up well for Catch the Thief. I'd be looking for the likes of Sunset Milo to fill a placing. I think this dog is going uh, into this type of race um, with a bit underrated. I think it's a very good dog on its night and can run home in really good times. It seems that every dog's exactly where they want to be set up for this race. Yeah, I think it's pretty much that. I think Sir Monty's got his draw. Tommy Shelby's got his draw. Yeah, Catch a Thief's got his draw, and Joker Poker's got his draw. So set up to be a really good race, and so it should be. I mean, 19,000 uh, 19, to the winner, I think, yeah, you'd want a good race. How sure do we think in Catch the Thief is going to be here? We think it's, we think it's going to be favoured over Tommy Shelby? Yeah, it has to be favoured over Tommy Shelby. Um, Even think, after you called him the people's dog? Yeah, I mean, there'll be, there'll be a lot of money for Tommy Shelby. Be a lot of sentimental money. Exactly, but Catch the Thief, I think... I think I saw about a dollar ninety. I think on Tab Touch, and I think that's a great price. I think it probably starts shorter, around the dollar sixty mark. I can't really see things going wrong for the dog. What about Cindy's Oliver? I think if either of the two big guns can't uh, don't win this one, I think Cindy's Oliver's a a, a real smoky. The here. underdog. It mind is an pun. underdog. Mind the pun. Uh, absolutely. I'm not. I I'm not convinced it's going to win. But if I had to make an argument for another dog in this race, Cindy Zoliver would be my one. The, the strong finishing we saw it really take on Tommy Shelby towards the end of that heat. Well, if there is trouble out in front between Tommy Shelby and Catch the Thief, somehow you've got to look for the likes of the dogs that will run on. And Cindy Zoliver meets that. He has uh, raced over seven fifteen in the past. He's been running home in eleven oh eight, eleven ten. I mean, there's dogs that don't go quicker home than that. So. If there is trouble and it, uh, it's going to be a slow time, look for Cindy Oliver. And as I said earlier, Sunset Miley's in the same boat, can run home really, and probably has a little bit more early speed than Cindy Oliver. So could get to the fence but in front of Cindy Oliver, and that could be the difference. Um, I think definitely for novelties, trifectas and thirst for, I think Sunset is a big player. Just want to quickly mention as well, uh, Grace Ali, Kiss Me Linda. I don't think they've, they've got much of a chance in this race, but... What fantastic dogs they've been over the stretch. Always there or thereabouts, consistent types. Uh, sort of dogs you'd absolutely love to own, right? Kiss Me Linda's made uh, many big finals. Obviously, the Oaks made the Perth Cup final now in this race. So it's a dog that gets the job done, possessed with early speed. Um, if something did go wrong, another dog that could capitalise. She does her best work in front. I don't have her leading here. But if she did lead, she'd give a big sight. All right, there we Big go. Things for the Winter Cup. It certainly is. We're going to be talking with Steve Shinners, who's uh, in, uh, involved in looking after Catch the Thief uh, a little bit later on in the show. We'll get uh, his thoughts, obviously, on the race uh, and what's going on with the dog. But Zach Manelli, I don't know if I'm going to throw to that now, yes, but I'm going to it. say, Callum, he made his debut in the 600 and he won.
last week, yeah. Yeah, uh, you two were very excited about that. Um, <laughs> Why are you not? I actually, well, I tipped Red Cap Minnelli, and once Red Cap Minnelli led, I'm surprised Zach Minnelli ran it down. The track was actually not on its quickest as well that night, so I'd suggest Zach Minnelli's a future star of the 600 as a very quick So it time. is exciting. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. See, you just said it. I know, yeah. So um, Minnelli domination. I think uh, Red Cap, though, things open up for, for that greyhound this week, given that uh, Zach's not involved in, in the race, in the race the uh, Red Cap goes around. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. I think those two will be the standout dogs over 600. Both can run serious time. All right. Now, we've been getting a lot of inquiries, guys, about when the track is going to be open to the public once again. I can update people uh, that plans are certainly in place. We haven't made a decision just yet as to when we We just have to mention that is in WA. In WA, yes. Not entirely sure what's happening in in the other states at at this stage. But in WA, plans are in place. If I was a betting man, and I am, I would predict that there will be limited opportunities for the public to come back next weekend. It certainly won't be this weekend. Watch this space, though. The problem we've got, the hold-up, and I understand that people are very keen to get back in. Callum, you want to see your dogs go around. There's a lot of owners in your position and a lot of punters as well that want to see their dogs. The hold-up is we, uh, we need to keep... The public and our industry separate, as so there's no uh, possibility of uh, trainers or handlers going down with it, which might jeopardise the uh, running of the sport. So that's the hold up at this stage. Once we work through those uh, problems or those challenges, we'll be able to uh, be open again. And look, thank you for everyone for their interest on this matter, uh, and we certainly are working towards it. As I say, I'm hoping. Uh, that we'll be uh, up and running and having public back on course within a week or so, uh, in a, say next week or so. Until then, Tab Touch is the way to go, Tab right? Touch is the way to go, absolutely. Sky Channel as well. So get on board with that. And I know you guys are keen. You'll be there first week, right? I've never been. You've never been? To a You're trap. a TV watcher. I'm a TV watcher. Oh, well. I'm a keyboard warrior. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have to get you down for sure. Callum, also some big news. Uh, we've got a syndication that's now moved into Western Australia. Tell us about this one. Yes, yeah, so at the track racing, uh, they announced uh, during the week that they're actually coming to WA. they got their first dog, uh, Yandera Rip, coming to, and Shane Williams will be training that dog. Uh, it's a syndication that um, I know a little bit about. It's very good, and if you're looking to get in a dog, I'd probably uh, I'd probably go looking for this one. You can contact at Facebook at, at the track racing. Uh, they've got a little page there in the open inquiries. Um, they buy ready-made race dogs and try and improve them. Obviously, the perks of that is they're ready to run. So you haven't got waiting. You haven't got any uh, – you're buying a pup. You obviously have to wait a year to race the dog. Uh, these tra- these dogs will be ready to race. Um, they give you good uh, guide on the form and when to punt the dog, which in my eyes is the most important thing. Uh, you want to know when the dog's ready to go and you can have a bet on the dog. They give you weekly updates uh, – whether a dog is uh, ready to go and how it's going and whether it has a little injury and what's ha- what's going on. You're not sponsored by other tracks. Yeah. This is, just a, bit, this is a, a big wrap-up, like, um, An emotional connection. always <laughs> about the emotional connection with you. No, I just I heard the interview during the week and I thought it was interesting to come into WA and I thought um, Greyhound ownership's great. I can't speak highly of it. I, I think this is probably the best way. The perks of uh, another perk is that no, you don't have to lose one upfront cost. And so you don't actually pay another cost after that. So they cover everything, whether a dog gets injured, they cover anything like that. So, And another perk is that uh, with the first 500 um, earned from the dog, they get they put that aside and when the dog gets rehomed, uh, that 500 goes to the 
the new owner of the dog so they can buy the essentials for the dog to live. Certainly important to see the uh, the after racing side of things looked after as well. We're seeing a few syndications now moving into or sending their dogs over into WA Racing. We had uh, Kathy Scott who's involved with uh, Spolly Syndications. They're sending dogs over now. Is a great way for new people to get involved in the sport through ownership, isn't it? It is, yes, and I um, just want to, on the back of that, brought to you by Callum Robson here on the Coke Greyhouse. <laughs> yeah, have I sold it to you, Lex? Were you well, a little bit, you know, because I am new to the sport. Get off your phone, off your bank oh, no, account. Yeah, you, she's already thinking, how much money can I afford to, to get involved? All right, there we go. Syndications coming to WA, which is great news. We're going to head to a break, but on the other side, stick with us because we've got Steve Shinners. He's going to be talking all things Catch the Thief. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Peche. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Peche. Go Greyhounds, bringing you all the Greyhound news from here in WA. Steve Shinners joins us now. Thank you for joining us, Steve. Yeah, how are you going? Well, thank you. Catch the Thief, how's that dog looking going into the Winter Cup? No, nah, everything's gone spot on. He's um, primed, ready to go, um, drawn quite well, and, yeah, quite excited to be uh, competing in another big final with him. Really, everything's gone to plan so far, hasn't it, Steve? Uh, dogs four from four over here in WA. Mission accomplished uh, with the Derby win, and now this will be the, the bonus, won't it? Yeah, definitely. No, look, we spoke to uh, Matty and, the, and his owners and said, look, there wasn't a lot of racing coming up for him in Melbourne straight after the Derby. So said so there's a nice sort of race over here for him. And, um, yeah, they, they said not a problem leaving there. And, um, yeah, a good bit of publicity more for the WA Grounds as well. So, no, it's been really good. Yeah, certainly. Let's go back a little bit on that. Obviously, you, you are looking after Dog on behalf of uh, Matthew Clark uh, over here. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, how that came about, mate. Yeah, look, we go way back to when we were teenagers and Matty's um, dad used to be the betting supervisor at the Cranbourne Greyhounds and as young blokes, we all used to love a punt. So, um, yeah, we sort of hit it off and we used to actually both work at the uh, Cranbourne track as well at the, with the Greyhounds. And, uh, yeah, we just sort of struck up a friendship from there and, um, yeah, we, we keep in touch from time to time over the years as we move around and um, always um, a good bloke, Matty. And, um, yeah, he's kept in touch with me and, um, yeah, it was quite a... Quite a bonus to have a dog like that sent over. And, I mean, as, as everyone knows, Matty was going to originally come over. Um, and obviously with the COVID, he couldn't get here. And, um, no, it's been, it's been a really good um, uh, feather for our cap, I suppose. So. And catch the thief on Saturday night. Uh, are the camp happy with the uh, the draw and the dogs around? Yeah, definitely, Callum. Um, as, as you probably know, I think we, we only wish for two things, not to draw the red because um, he likes to get off of it. And you're in the boxes for a long time and drawn outside Tom and Shelby. So... He's got both of them, and then he's got um, a couple of slow beginners on his outside, so he should get every chance to uh, show what he can do. And, yeah, it's going to be a really good race, I think. Coming up against Tommy Shelby, how do you reckon that's going to pan out? Oh, look, Tommy's a high-class dog, and this, this dog's every bit as um, probably one of the best dogs, apart from Obehave and a couple of other real quick ones I've had um, in my training career. And um, I, he's, I think the sky's the limit for this dog. He's just improving each week, turning into a genuine race dog, and... I think he's um, now favourite for the Melbourne Cup, which is still a long way off, but um, just shows the potential of the dog. And, and his racing manners are just sensational. I mean, he'd rather run a 5.32 early. There's not too many dogs uh, that can run that sort of section. And his mid-race is just unbelievable. Like, 
this Calamore No Buster is probably about the sixth quickest dog down the back at Cannington, I think. And, and this dog just sort of blew my mind, let him four lengths. And it just sort of shows that class difference. So, no, he, he's a really exciting dog. Yeah, we can't go an interview without mentioning Buster the Brute. Um, how is the good dog? And uh, <laughs> will we see any sort of improvement from him in the future? <laughs> no, nah, look, Buster unfortunately pulled up a little sore last week. Nothing major, but a uh, bit of a so- shoulder and chest injury. So he'll probably have 10 to 14 days off. And then we may just even drop him back in a couple of shorter races. Just give him a bit of a change up. But uh, he's done a great job, Buster. He's overachieved magnificently, as you know. And um, yeah, it'll be uh, exciting times ahead for him, hopefully. Callum just cannot be contained. <laughs> um, Steve, tell us a bit about the development of Catch the Thief. No, look, he came across, and um, and as we probably all know, it's well documented, the dog had had a bit of a virus, as we'd had over here a few months ago, and um, Matty has only just sort of got him back to, to racing again, and sort of I had a bit of a head start on a lot of people, sort of I had it here three months ago and sort of worked out what the problems were after they got the virus and how to treat it and that, so... Um, we sort of treated Catch the Thief and, um, and the dog responded pretty well. And just his first trip away from home as well, like he's um, Maddie and Bianca, like they've had him all his life and he's like their absolute baby. And um, look, sometimes it's good just to get out of your own environment. And um, look, he got told off a couple of times, nothing major, but just um, whining and things like that because he's obviously fretting from away from home. But once he settled in and he got into the routine, he's now turned into like a, just a, an adult now, like a genuine little race dog and he's all business. So... I think when he goes back home, he's just taken that, that step to the next level and completely different environment over here, the good weather, and we sort of probably trained fairly similar, but he's um, like they get walked up the golf course and down the beach and everything, and so he, he's really settled into the uh, the routine really well. It'll be a, a sad day when I've got to put him back on the plane, I'll tell you, because he's just like one of the family members now, but I'm sure Maddie and Bianca are missing him twice as much, so no, it's, it's a pleasure. Might be a sad day for you, Steve, but I imagine there's a lot of trainers locally that would be happy to see the back of this greyhound. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, look, I mean, (laughs) but in saying that, I mean, it's always good to race against the best dogs and see the best dogs from over east and um, and sort of you can compare yourself of like how far we are off them. And I just actually ran into Steve Withers this morning and I said, unfortunately, he's going back on the Monday, but if I could swing Matty to leave him here for another week, I said it'd be a huge promotion if we could get a, a match race up and running between him and Tommy Shelby one out because there's not too many other big races on here at the moment. It'd be a, a huge feather in the cap of uh, the promotions if we could do that. But, um, yeah, we'd, we'd have to have a talk, but I'm pretty sure he's heading back Monday, unfortunately. Well, that might develop on Saturday, potentially to anyway between a match race between Tommy and Catch a Thief. Mm. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. It would be great to see those two just going head-to-head. Yeah, definitely. No, it'd be pretty exciting. They're both very exciting dogs, probably once-in-a-generation type dogs. And, um, yeah, no, it'll be the Victorians versus the WA. So it might bring out the old Victorian back in me again. <laughs> so, well, speaking of which, uh, you moved over. How long ago was it? To about a decade or so? Or, or no, feels like no, you've been not here. that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> feels no, like you've been, been here, here for a while. Yeah, no, it's only been about five years. Look, okay. I came over with Obi Have in the early 2000s and... Um, uh, when she was a, like a, probably the best dog I've ever, by far the best dog I've had, and um, and look, uh, I just love the place. It was just so laid back, and and we still had huge big crowds in that back then. And whereas back in Melbourne at that stage, we didn't really have the bigger crowds, and they've sort of really promoted the industry well over there, and probably gone back past us again now. I think we need to lift our game a little bit, but yeah, there was nothing for a massive crowd down on a manger on a Friday night in Cannington on a Saturday. And I thought, geez, these guys do it well over here. And, and just the weather and the, and the laid-back lifestyle, you can actually have a lifestyle outside the, the dogs, which is a big plus. Melbourne's very, 
very hard. You've got so many great trainers over there and you're travelling a hell of a lot. So it's um, yeah, a lot more pressure and you're in the car a lot more and the, the traffic just got horrendous in, in the end. Like you're, you're stuck on the Monash Freeway for literally three or four hours extra a week. So um, it was sort of a no-brainer for me to come over here. And yeah, I've, I've loved it ever since we've got here. So. And you've settled in uh, and obviously the team's going well. Yeah, look, we only have a small team. We did come across here and started up where the GAP program is now with Damon Fardig, um, and we had 37 kennels. But that sort of didn't work out too well. So we sort of moved on on our own and, um, and only have a small team. And, um, yeah, no, look, the dogs, um, the quality of dogs we've got, um, which I mean, Crystal is really good, and I think she won the strike rate trainer last year, which was a feather in a cap and um, for the small team we've got. And, um, yeah, no, we just try and get some nice dogs through. And we've got a lot of young owners like Callum and quite a few of his mates and some really good owners in the in behind us. And, um, and everyone just has a bit of fun and enjoys it, which is really great. So, What about uh, the community that you've got in, involved with, the Greyhounds community, obviously, that you've been welcomed in? Uh, you guys, very competitive on the track. But off the track, there's, there's this other side, isn't there? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, there's about eight of us, um, Paulie Stewart, Greg Horn, Tim Maloney, James Jeffries, um, Mickey Johnson, and a few of the other boys that float in and out each um, week, and one of my good mates, um, Daniel, there. And, um, yeah, look, we all have a game of golf each week, and um, we all chuck in our 50 each, and, yeah, there's a good bit of friendly banter that goes on, and, um, no, it's really good. It's, um, it's not many states that we've sort of travelled around a lot all over Australia, and there's very few states that would probably have that... Um, Oh, it's, and it's rivalry as well on the on the golf course. Don't worry about that. But it's um, everyone at the end of the day has a beer and and everyone's happy for each other to win a race. And and if you get beaten, you've tipped it in the punters club, which we've got. So I'd use your cop it. It's uh, James is the best one at giving serves. I'll tell you that right now. But uh, no, it, it keeps quite uh, quite funny and keeps everyone on their toes anyway. So yeah, it just gets it's an outlet away from the dogs because as you know, we do them seven days a week. So it's just we always look forward to just getting away and having a couple of beers with the boys and. Uh, yeah, and do, doing boy things, so no, it's really good. You tell me weekly how good you are at golf. Uh, what's the rivalry between you and uh, Greg Horn? Yeah, no, Greg, Greg fancies himself a bit. Greg's um, actually a pretty good player, actually, but I reckon I've got his measure. He's probably as good as me, or if not better. But uh, when we get on the field, I think Greg's a front runner, like some of these dogs that uh, get behind and don't perform, and <laughs> sort of that we can get get him with a bit of banter and put him off his game, and uh, yeah, he. Um, Look, they, they were Scott and they were going to beat me and Timmy in the grand final there and we give them a bit of a towel up there. and uh, Yeah, so they've been a little quiet ever since. But yeah, we're going to have a bit of a match race shortly with the two of us. So, um, yeah, time depending. So that, that'll be quite interesting. But, yeah, got all good fun. A little bit of psychops going on there, Steve. I love it. Uh, every time I seem to speak to to someone in Greyhounds, they're always out in the golf course. You, the, the, it's um, it's amazing. Anyway, what about uh, your team at the moment? What's the obviously catch a thief uh, about to leave the kennel? What's the the next big thing uh, coming up for you, mate? Yeah, well, look, we've just actually um, downsized a couple. Our uh, room to boom is, um, that was Callum was in. We've just sold her, and uh, Danny Trills has gone back to Melbourne, and a couple of the other ones are just sort of working through the system at the moment. We're actually looking for a couple of um, dogs at the moment to be truthful and. Um, yeah, and then we've got some um, pups that we've uh, we bought. Um, probably they're about twelve months old now, so they'll be a way to get broken in. And then we've got another litter, um, which is probably about four months behind them. But um, yeah, we're um, always looking for quality dogs and um, just keep turning the kennel over and having a bit of fun and getting new owners involved. And um, yeah, so no, it's all, all looking promising anyway. So. 
Well, Steve, thank you so much for chatting to us. An absolute pleasure. Sad for you that you have to say goodbye to Catch a Thief, but we wish the rest of That's the That's in there, saying, no, I don't <laughs> want to stay. I want to stay in WA. <laughs> <laughs> no, he certainly loves the weather and the the uh, climate here, that's for sure. So, no, it will be a sad day. But, uh, look, I think he's going to be one of the best dogs in Australia shortly. So, fingers crossed. Well, there we go. All right. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for chatting with us. No worries, guys. Right. Much of a golfer? Me? No, I... I um, no, no. I, I can't even speak. I, you? I can... I can yeah. Nothing you right. can't do, is yeah. there, Gal? I was going to say, are you waiting for an invite to that? To that? Have you, you've, yeah. been, you've been trying to bust in on that for months, haven't you? On that, and that, that was your, that was right that, there. Why right. you said, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get in Steve's head so he can send me an invite. Uh, if I think if I challenge him too much, he'll, he'll have to give in. So. <laughs> That's right. Lay down the gauntlet, Gal. All right. Uh, when we come back after the break, we're going to have a little chat with you, Gal, about uh, some inside betting tips. Live on SEN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Peche. Live on SEN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Peche. Welcome back to Go Greyhounds. As we know, people tuning in will be interested in how to get winners and uh, Lex, something came up last week from the the bets that Callum threw out that we were very interested in about, weren't we? Yeah, well, I had to think about it um, over the past week. Double bets in the same race. Um, let's explore that a bit more. Why would you do this? Uh, so double bets in the same race come about when I don't like a favourite. So a favourite might go up short and I want to take that favourite on. Now, if I have that favourite a long price, that means there's going to be other value in the market. Um which means I might want to bet multiple runners. I can bet three runners in a race if the market's completely wrong, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but they come three. about... Three, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they come about when I want to take on a favourite. Um, there's different ways to do it. I can uh, back a runner and then save a runner, which means if I save a runner, I'm not losing on the race on that runner. That might come out when I think something's just a little bit of value, but if there's something that at extreme value, I'll back as many runners in the race as possible. And when you are betting on these, are you betting each way? Are you betting to win? What's the deal? No, so I don't bet places. Um, win only. My markets are win only, so I only bet win only. Um, the reason for that is I think the place markets are completely different to the win markets, and I simply don't have enough time to do the place markets. Oh, well. it's a time thing. So if, <laughs> if, but if you're betting both to win, aren't you then bound to lose some? money on the way through? You are bound to lose some money, but obviously when you're betting, you've got to come to terms that you are going to lose some money along the way. Um, yeah, I think if you're, the bets that I'm betting is that if you bet them over and over again, you'll be winning in the long run. Whether they win on that night and whether they uh, perform is another thing, but over a period of time, um, you'll be winning. So essentially, you look at a meeting or even you look at your punting per week or per race, you know, per race meeting per week and you're playing the long game which might be a little bit of a different mindset to a lot of punters such as myself who are race to race to race. We just want to find a winner on each race, right? Yeah, so if you are got that type of mentality, you're going to stray towards the favourites in the races. Obviously, they have the most chance of winning in theory and will, over a period of time, win more times in a, a long run. Obviously, when I'm looking at races, it's a, every race on the card, I'm looking for the long-term value that's um, on offer. And I'll be punting any dog that I think's over the odds. And in principle, I'm looking to take on favourites because that's where the most value is going to be. But you will 
back a favourite if you just think it's absolutely going to win, exactly. e- even if it's at a, even if it's at a odds that you don't particularly like. Exactly. So catch the thief this week's a good example. A um, dollar ninety. I'll be happy to take a dollar ninety. Um, I'll have the dog a lot shorter in my market, so um, I'm adaptable. I can bat the favourite, and but when I do bat the favourite, it means it's got a, like, a really good chance of winning and better than I the current quoted a dollar ninety. What about when um, we get a bit emotional because we know you love that? <laughs> um, when Buster's in the race, do you just because obviously having part ownership of that dog, do you just straight away go, well, you got to do that? Uh, it's a tough one. Busters uh, can't hear you, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Steve's turned it off in the in the kennels. But um, I have taken him on on chances, especially when he's drawn wide and I don't think he can win. Ouch. I particularly don't like to do it. Um, when he won the Lou Dorsal, so I actually took him on that night and he came out and won. So it was a bit of a mixed feeling because obviously I've lost money on the punt, but then he won. So I was happy and then forgot about the punts, but then... As soon as I went back to my spreadsheet, I actually realised that I had bet on another dog. So you've got a spreadsheet, yeah, right? So, so that's a, I'll just write that down: spreadsheet to start <laughs> betting. Yeah, so um, I record every bet I have basically on the spreadsheet. I think that's very important to stay disciplined. Um, if you record every bet on on a spreadsheet, that means it's going to be accountable, and it makes you think twice about bets you potentially don't want to have. Does it matter what sort of money it, with under this strategy? Does it matter what sort of money you put money you're putting on each race? No, not at all. You can put a dollar on. You can put ten dollars on. Um, it doesn't matter at all. Um, if I'm I'm doing I'm tipping one later on that everyone will be able to hear. But there's two dogs in one race. Um, they're both big prices. So if you have a dollar on, you can win up to twenty one dollars. And then if you want to put a bit more on, you can win more. Backing and saving dogs. What what's that about? Yeah. So backing and uh, <laughs> backing a dog's obviously to backing it to win. And then saving a dog is so that you don't want that dog if it wins to lose money. So I'll um, bet that dog to collect the amount that I'm um, outlaying in that race. This is so much of a process. <laughs> the backing, math, the backing, too much math. The backing is fine, right? You back the dog, you back the dog. Right. The saving of the dog. Why do you do that? Um, it's generally for low percentage dogs that I think could bob up and are over the price, but um, I don't do a lot. But um, yeah, that are over the odds, um, but a low percentage. So. They may be drawn eight and they may drift out late but need the fence. And so the dogs aren't that likely to win, but I would also don't want to have the heartache of them winning and me losing money. So Callum has the potential to wake up on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday morning in a very bad way. Exactly, yeah. Um, it's, it's one thing that I've actually heard about that I can uh, I can be on that night very moody if, I, if things don't go my way. But, I mean, I'm trying to get better at that type of stuff. Well, and then obviously if Buster's around and you have a win, then you can balance it out a bit. Exactly, yeah. So if Buster was in every race, that'd be great because it'd be a win-win. I've got one more for you. How many dogs are you usually backing in one race? It really depends. Um, most races, it's, it's just one dog that I'm keen on, but there are quite a few races when I'll take on a favourite and back multiple runners. What about the markets? Obviously, you're not you're working out your own market as opposed to what uh, is coming up on toad or what's you know, written, what other people have written. You're determining your own value of each dog, right? Yeah, so all my markets are to a lower percentage than 100. I won't get into that today because it takes quite a long time. But I do all the markets before the markets come out, so I'm not um, biased towards any ability. I look at the markets after, and if a dog in my market is over the mar- is over the price of the market, is under the price of the market, then I'll be backing that dog. All right, there we right, go. Interrogation with Callum. That's We're right. all done. Hopefully that's helpful to some people out there because it is interesting to find other people's betting systems and how they how they go about uh, choosing their dogs to back. So very interesting stuff.
Speaking of dogs to back, I'm sure David Short will have plenty and we'll be talking to him on the other side. Live on SEN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Peche. Live on SEN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Peche. We are back on Go Greyhounds, and joining us now is David Short from Tab Touch. Shorty, how are you, mate? Yeah, really well, thanks, JB. Lex, Cal, nice to be with you guys. What a nice intro. <laughs> Wasn't it? Yes. Uh, all right, Shorty, what happened at Cannington last night? Uh, big win by uh, Bushman's Pride in the Kenyana Trophy. Yeah, it was a big performance, wasn't it, uh, by Bushman's Pride there overnight. Um, big result for trainer Peter Glennie. There were some pretty impressive performances through the night. Um, big night for Joe Daly landing a treble. Barry McPherson with a double. Enzo Credelli landed the first couple of races. Uh, more impressive performances of the night. Bago Moscato, I thought, was an excellent run. Just kept pushing up really hard for that inside run. 29.90, best of the night, was outstanding. Uh, in the first, top prospect looks to... To be a grey and let a win its share of races. Twenty nine ninety five was excellent, and yeah, get I, a one who I goes around that on one, mate. So I'm, I'm sorry, sure, yeah, tip that one. So I was really happy with top prospect and got a decent price as well. It did indeed. No counting the money as we speak. JB, nice work <laughs> from you and get a one who goes round on uh, Saturday night. Or one of Joe Daly's treble on the night there. Twenty nine ninety eight was also really impressive performance over the shorter trip. Winter Mia best of night. Twenty one seventy five. Really well suited in that top grade. Uh, Candy Apple's one that we can follow over the next few weeks. I think 21.78 for Jamie Martian. Has got some cheaper races left up for sleeve Candy Apple. So of all the dogs last night, I thought Bago Moscato and Candy Apple are the two that I want to take with me heading forward. Throw those in the black book. And what about tonight, Shorty? What have you got for tonight? Yeah, Thursday night. It's a, a solid program there at Mandra. I thought there were a few that stood out a little bit for the punters. Uh, in race five, number three, son of Jamaica, aiming up at a winning hat-trick tonight, and the times have been good. It's a nice litter, this litter, and um, I would expect from the inside draw, son of Jamaica got the early pace to burn them off um, anywhere around that 22.71 range. We'll see him winning again tonight, son of Jamaica, so race five, number three. Kennel's in good... Sorry, mate. Kennel's in good form as well. Yeah, the Isaacs are humming, aren't they? It's great Mm. to see uh, Lexia and Mick doing some really good things at the moment, which has been awesome. Uh, Later in the card, Steve Manelli, he's a on a Thursday night, he's a standout performer, isn't he? He's, uh, we're so used to seeing him on a Saturday night dominating proceedings in, in much tougher races. So the drop back to country grade four and five is right up the alley of Steve Manelli. And later in the card, race 11, number one, Westdale, Utah, um, has drawn a very moderate line-up here at country grade six level. And uh, if it can run that sub-23 second time tonight, Westdale, Utah should be able to get the cash for it. So three of note tonight, race five, number three, Son of Jamaica, Race 8, number 6, Steve Manelli, and race 11, number 1, Westdale, Utah. All right, uh, we've got a big weekend of chasing coming up, uh, as you as you know, mate. You'll be looking forward to this Winter Cup final as much as everyone else. Oh, big time, yeah, really excited. And, and what a real treat for WA Greyhound fans to have Catch the Thief sticking around after his emphatic win in the WA Derby at Group 2 level, sticks around for the Winter Cup final. Uh, and he was stunning last week in winning his heat. Uh, 29.50 again. He went 29.32, the second fastest time ever at Cannington in winning the derby. Uh, he's rolled gold. Just back to you guys. Obviously, um, you've sort of looked on the way through. But I, I must admit, he's a dog that um, he's got to be up there in the top handful of chases Australia-wide, the way he's going at the moment. And 
what an absolute privilege for us over here in the West to be able to see him a few weeks in a row. Well, we've got the Tommy and Catch the Thief in race four. What do you think of that duo? Yeah, look, I think um, Tom, Tommy in box two is interesting because he's, he's a dog that's got that good early pace and he could sit in front of Catch the Thief early, but just on the overall times Catch the Thief's been running, uh, even my love child Tommy Shelby might be paddling, uh, <laughs> doing his best to hold out Catch the Thief. I it, can't it believe you've turned, that, Shorty. But, um, I can't, I think, you've turned. I used to, who is this guy? I haven't really turned because... <laughs> Yeah, I know Cal. Cal would know as much as anyone. It's uh, it's it's really hard for me to get the words out when I'm not saying Tommy Shelby on top <laughs> to win a race. But Catch a Thief won't be sticking around forever, and Tommy will be here in WA winning a stack more races heading forward. And if Catch a Thief does anything wrong, then Tommy's there to to pounce. Sir Monty off box one's drawn really well, and the Greyhound who's been sensational in recent times, and he nearly rolled last uh, Tommy Shelby last week. Probably should have done Cindy's Oliver. He's a really strong and versatile dog. If they Happen to bump up front. He's the dog that will be really steaming home hard over the concluding stages. But it's a ripper winter cup final. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, the only problem with Tommy Shelby is that once the catch the thief goes, Buster the Brute will be back. So uh, there's more there's more competition oh, there for Tommy Shelby, isn't there? Oh, somebody call the cops. Somebody call the cops. <laughs> Emotional, please. these punters. <laughs> now, Lex, I don't know how you put up with this, uh, these shenanigans in the studio no, from I... our man Callum Robson, wheeling out Buster the Brute in the same sentence as Tommy Shelby, it's extraordinary it's, it's audio. Becoming, it's becoming the Go Buster show at the moment. Yeah, it's outrageous. <laughs> we're, we're not giving Air Buster the Brute any more airtime at all, ever. Uh, back to your previous question, Shorty. Yeah, about uh, Catch a Thief and, and the uh, future ahead of this Greyhound. Very exciting. Obviously, we'll head over to Victoria and, and hit some uh, some big races over there. You mentioned, uh, yeah, is this one of the elite ones? I, I, I think clearly it is. How do you think it will go when it comes up against the likes of, you know, Simon Told, Helen, and, you know, um, uh, Hooked on Scotch and those sort of dogs? Yeah, look, I, I think the, what he's shown over here is a great level of maturity, and he's got that early burn that he can really zip into a race. Probably not push button out of the boxes. So I guess to beat those sorts of dogs, he's going to need the box draw to be right to be able to zoom and use that that real acceleration that he's got after a few strides to get to the spot that he wants to be. But Simon told Helen's a little bit similar, to be honest. It just takes a few strides to, to really wind up the Perth Cup winner. So it'll be an intriguing clash when the two meet. And when you consider the sort of time Simon told Helen ran when it was across here in WA and the times that Catch the Thief's running while it's over here in WA, you'd have to say that on the clock, Catch the Thief can certainly compete. Interesting, isn't it? Both these dogs came over to WA with reputations as very good dogs, but they've, they're going to leave the state uh, with their reputations confirmed and, uh, and in the top echelon. So I'm not going to say we've made them or anything. They've come over and been good dogs, but that certainly their time over here has been important for their development, hasn't it? Oh, certainly. And you don't leave the borders of Western Australia without being claimed by us if you've done something <laughs> decent. So they're absolutely stand gropers heading forward. Yeah, uh, there's been a lot of talk that Simon told Helen's the best dog since Fernando Bale on Twitter. Uh, my my problem with that is that Catch the Thief's quicker early, middle and the late split. So I don't think they'll see which way uh, Catch the Thief goes when he goes back over. What do you think, Shorty? Yeah, well, I honestly think um, when you, the clock's your friend when you're trying to do comparisons between different dogs. And um, obviously Catch the Thief's had a little bit longer over here than what Simon told Helen did, but... Um, yeah, on, on the times that he's run, I mean, the second fastest ever at Cannington, um, that tells you that this dog's legitimate. And, and oh, look, there's, make no mistake about it, Tommy Shelby's a star in his own right, and Catch the Thief has, 
has had um, you know the opportunity to really shine while Tommy's been in and around the, the scenario. So uh, he's he's a legit catch a thief. He's going to be a star in on the Australian chasing scene for many months to come. That's for sure and certain. All right. So we've got uh, big uh, racing over not just on the Saturday night with the Winter Cup, but also Friday as well. We got to any uh, specials that we should be looking out for either Friday or Saturday, mate. Yeah, certainly, JB. I think uh, Friday night we can get something out of one of my old favourites, Booksy Manelli again. He was excellent to us coming back a fortnight ago when getting up when initially double-figure odds he was thrown out and, and he won in fine style. He, last week he then had to go back up to the free-for-all. This week he drops back to a mixed grade three and four and while he's a greybeard now, he continues to race in fine style. I think Manelli, the kennel mate, will probably be pretty short in this race. And um, if it doesn't get a break on them, I think Brooksy, if he sits handy, can probably run it down late at good odds. So race four, number five, Brooksy Manelli. And then a couple of stars to round out the card on Friday night. Race seven, number seven, Bayron star. Been mixing it against a lot tougher opposition than this over a longer distance. Um, has got good early speed. Should sit up on top of the pace and be really hard to run down. And race nine, number one, Fernando Star. I think uh, the two stars will send us home winning. So a bit of value early in the card with a lemon alert. Race four, number five, Brooksy Manelli. And then deeper into the card, race seven, number seven, Bayron Star. Race nine, number one, Fernando Star. All right, that's Mandra tomorrow night. Uh, agree with you on the, the two star one. Star dogs there, mate. Uh, anything for Saturday? I thought Cats and Thief was the best bet. Uh, race four, number three in the Winter Cup final. Um, don't mind the card deeper in looking for a little bit of value race eight number five diner oscar placed at his last three oscar and he's bursting to win a race with a bit of luck in running he can run a really good race at each way odds race eight number five i thought race 11 number two fab's excise back to the 380 meters got an excellent record over this shorter trip and in the last sunset fiasco will probably be short i thought too good John Place Heavy might be a nice way to get out here in race 12. Number three, being placed in a stack of runs consecutively for trainer Shane Williams of late. And he'll nick one soon. This might be the right race for Too Good John at a decent price. Race 12, number three. Uh, in recap, race four, number three, the best of them, Catch the Thief. Race eight, number five, the value play, Dinah Oscar. Race 11, number two, Fab's Excise. And again, we'll go each way, race 12, number three, two good John. A reminder, if gambling is an issue for you, call 1-800-858-858. Good stuff. Thank you, Shorty. We'll catch you next week. Callum, your tips for the weekend. Yeah, tonight, uh, race seven, number two, Jet Flyer, and number three, Dandelup Sprite, both odds. Race 10, number three, Campfire Cologne. On to Friday night, I'm keen on race two, number four, Blitz Loma. And I think uh, race nine, number one, Fernando Star is immoral. And obviously, Catch a Thief is the favourite. Uh, yeah, he is the favourite and uh, we'll be winning. Looking forward to all of this stuff, guys. We are out of time, unfortunately. As per usual, thank you for joining <laughs> us.